This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to be talking about The Deuce on HBO, uh, episode two of season two. There's an art to this. Uh, Jim. How'd you feel about this episode? Did you feel attacked when you heard such a on-point Italian accent from from Big <laughs> no, Mike? Not at all. Uh, is Big Mike the the other boss who's moving in on the turf? No, no. He's the guy that was trying to give... Uh, oh, the, forget about it. You're right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're taking Italian lessons, so it's like I, I felt like yeah, that, that was... Yeah, that's actually the first thing they teach you is to forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's not even Italian. Just all Italians. Uh-huh. Just, just, just understand it. Uh, yeah, what do you they think they only episode? teach you that here in America. Uh, actually, I liked it a lot. Um, it's, it's interesting because I think that first scene of this episode kind of should have been the season opener because it calls back to the airport scene. Uh, at least I think it was an airport uh, in the first season, which mm-hmm. was this the series opener. Right? Might have been the bus stop or the train station. Uh, yeah, I think it was a train station. Yeah. This was like a step down right and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to show you kind of the the slipping of this whole pimp industry um just how far it's it's falling and how the movie industry is kind of usurping it and i feel like it would have been a really great season opener yeah i wonder why because you're right it would have been you know a complete inversion of the scene from last year although i guess last year laurie the novelty of that is Lori came as a future, as, as an aspiring sex worker working for a pimp. The new crop of women are coming, and they just want to be, they're aspiring porn stars. They don't need one. They, right. just, they got the flyer in hand. and the, the agents should actually get to the bus stop and start booking yeah, people right there. Exactly. I wonder, I wonder if um, they were worried that the time skip wouldn't sell if they went to that scene, because I... I still have a hard time. Like, I know they're supposed to be doing it with the costuming and the hairstyles and whatnot, but I'm still uh-huh. having a really hard time with the fact that all these people are five, six years older. Yeah. Uh, with their careers that they have, the drug habits that they have, all that stuff seems like it would take a bit more miles. But, mm-hmm. like, that's the only thing I can think of. If you just had Larry doing the, you, you wouldn't understand that. Because nothing about that says five years have changed, you know? It's just like, right. oh, because the pimps even last year or even last season, five years ago, were worried about how this was changing the pimp game. So, but I think you could use the rest of the episode to sell it. Yeah, uh, true. I just think it would have been a really great opener. As is, you know, I liked it. Um, and I like that scene. And also, I I really like the episode. I think what's happening uh, is, is dangerous in a lot of ways. I mean, especially when I look at, like, Lori trying to get out of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and lined up with the the final scene with the activists talking about what did women need to get out of it? Do they need agents? Uh, you know, are the, is getting into the porn scene really getting out of it? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions that that's raising, which I like. And then the stuff that's happening with Vincent is super interesting to me because it almost feels like he's slipping. Like he's he's so concerned with what the relation, figuring out the relationship with uh, fuck, what's her name? Abby. Abby. Uh, that he's kind of missing the details of his business. You know, he's ignoring the things going on outside Paul's. He's ignoring uh, a lot of stuff that he should be paying attention to and could be very dangerous for him and, and letting his brother slide, you know, that these are things that could become problems for him in the future. Yeah. Especially since like, I, I was just, you know, that that was my first analysis of like Rudy and his gang is like, I felt like Mm -hmm. that they were slipping and then, I think that's definitely what you're supposed to understand because now there's another uh, mafia type moving in on the territory, and you don't do that if the other guy's got his house in order. Not at all. Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, you know, they're going to have trouble with protection. They're going to have, like, who knows? And, like, it seems like the political winds are starting to blow a different direction. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting, the statement that, like, you know, women are starting to find a little bit of personal power. It's all, like, like, like... I think it's interesting that Candy or is it Eileen? 
um, I forget her her civilian name. Uh, she her highest aspiration. Uh, she meets the person that she wants to be in three years, and that person's already bored with where they're at. You know, uh-huh. it's like I get to do this schlocky exploitation stuff that plays in grindhouse theaters, but now I want to do some serious film, and I still can't do it. It's you know, um, but it's but 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 to to the extent that they're getting a little bit of taste, it's all in this seedy underworld that could be taken away at any time by political action or changing you know societal mores mm-hmm. i was corrected i was, i keep on saying mores and it's mores like the eel <laughs> uh like uh, like it's a very fragile thing you know and mm-hmm. uh I, it's it there's just a ton of you know this is classic david simon social commentary you have one police officer who's trying to you know do the thing that sucks less you know and he's going to be com- obviously completely undermined by this new political regime uh and and also you know there's so many things looming over the horizon for some of these people that already have problems like you know, AIDS crisis and you know uh the fact that you're going to be able to watch porn in your home mm-hmm. in a couple of years and what that's going to do to the 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 the, the price and creativity and all that kind of stuff uh <laughs> yeah it's interesting because you you know you talk about Candy and her role model and how her role model is kind of in this schlocky horror stuff now, and she's getting bored. But she's, like, right on the cusp of horror being taken seriously. Like, mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about to drop, which completely changes the game on horror. The deep uh, throat of the horror industry. Essentially, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so she's kind of poised right on the cusp of something big, whereas I feel like Candy is pushing toward... It, it is either going to, like branch off in that direction to more serious film right. or she's going to get you know invested in doing more serious stuff in the porn industry and it's not going to go quite as well as she thinks because you're right the vcr is about to hit uh, and about to give people the option to view this stuff at home mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think the same uh sort of movie house uh thing is going to happen here in a few years yeah because because right now the distributors everyone has a strict control of the product you know unless Mm -hmm. you want to go all out and get yourself an eight millimeter projector and buy that like you know there was a there was a little bit of a raincoat or trade we saw that in the first season but this is a whole different scale and like this is this is the one they got like a decade where they can do that and then first it's going to be vhs then it's going to be the internet and you know there's a reason why you don't have big budget like you know we talked about this last week but the if you think about it the reason there aren't any lavish big budget porn productions is because they make porn just as cheap as they can mm-hmm. you know pay a girl pay pay as many girls and guys as you need uh, like a lot of times the directors are shooting their own shit and you just, you just make it and you, you shit it out on your streaming site and, and hope to make a buck on it. Uh, you know, doing, spending a hundred thousand dollars on a shoot for costumes and all that stuff. It's like mixed. There's no market for it. Yeah. Why? That's or, not why people are coming to it. Or if there is someone would have to, de- you'd have to deliberately dump hundreds of millions of dollars in cash mm-hmm. to develop that market to where maybe people would start to, 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 to pay and support it and then yeah you're still fighting a war against the pirate bay and streaming sites and all that stuff so mm-hmm. porno man interesting interesting word we're looking <laughs> into shall we shall we talk about this in a little bit more uh deliberate fashion now yeah um, absolutely Hey, before we get into the episode any further, I want to talk about stuff that's going on here at BaldMove.com. For club members, we are in the season for Empire Business. This is the podcast that we do that goes and takes a peek behind the scenes of Bald Move, where we talk about just like, you know, the art of podcasting, the business aspect of it. This week, we interviewed our buddy Jason from the Walking Dead podcast, uh, talking about building a podcast network. You know, he's uh, we've had Bald Move for a while. Uh, He's had Podcastica. Uh, we talk about like you know what it's like to try to get podcasters herded together to do a mutual goal. Uh, mutual goals is a fun interview. You guys might enjoy that. We're also in the throes of Better Call Saul season four. Don't forget if you're a club member, we have an instant talk podcast right after the initial airing on Monday night, where you can use a link on BaldMove.com. Uh, there's a the article post. You click through it, and you can chat with us uh, about the episode that just aired. Cecily and I started a coverage of Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story on FX. If you like spooky, silly, schlocky stuff, me and Cecily are there to talk about this 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 uh, this year's themes: apocalypse, and they already destroyed the planet with nuclear war <laughs> in the first five minutes of the episode. So it's all if you if you like Fallout, 
If you like your various bunker stories, Ryan Murphy's got a shit ton of it for this Halloween season. Finally, speaking of spooky stuff, Jim and I saw Mandy, the art house Nick Cage horror flick that was more art house than horror. Uh, we had a full review for that on our Bald Movies feed. Uh, and that's what's going on here at baldmove.com. I want to talk about Vincent, because that's kind of like the core, the heart of this episode, is mm-hmm. I felt like last episode, Abby kind of put out feelers to him about, like, you know, what kind of relationship are we are we having here? And Vincent is also scared to death that Abby is going to fall in love with a punk rock guy. Mm-hmm. Someone younger, more interesting, more well-read, whatever. And so he concocts this thing where he takes her out and shows him, like, his, you know, his youth, essentially. Takes him on a tour of his past. And I feel like is starting to think about family himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, the, the timing on this, right, after Frankie gets married. Uh-huh. Uh, it, yeah. I, I wonder if there's some bit of that wrapped up in it. Uh, I honestly expected a proposal on that beach there, and I don't know that it wouldn't I, have happened if they didn't get interrupted by the baby shower. Ooh, that's a good take, because I was thinking the same thing, that maybe... No, wait a second. F- Frankie, or, he's engaged, not married, though, right? Or, or did, did they mention that he got married this episode? I thought he got married, like, married, married. Really? And dropped oh, all that, that money was... on a wedding ring, but maybe it was an engagement ring. I, don't, I, thought, I, don't I thought they got engaged, not married. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's just a that's just a small factual critique of your overall larger point, which is I think you're right. Yeah. Vince is seeing his, his brother, um, whatever version of settling down Frankie's capable of, and <laughs> uh-huh. he's worried about losing this good thing with Abby. Uh, he sees kind of things getting away from Bobby, and I think all these things are starting to th- you know make him think like what is what am, what am, what am I building here? What am I building here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I don't know, it, and I'm a little worried that Vincent is going to be disappointed because he does seem like he wants to develop this relationship into something more, uh, and I think Abby isn't necessarily opposed to that, but I do think there are a lot of pressures pulling her away from Vincent, like. Look at, you know, the the punk rock scene that she's involved in. Look at the activist scene, especially right. the activist scene, because there's this final shot of her kind of looking at this woman at the end who is saying all the right things. You know, it's saying everything that she believes in. And I get the feeling that that look is not just like, I really believe in what you're saying. It's more of like, I believe what you're saying. And also, I love you for saying it. You know, well, also, it's also the, the one that she's looking at is Ashley from last season or Dorothy, uh, right. the 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 prostitute she helped get away from the clutches of Cece. Yeah. Um, so there's that like, you know, but you but you're right. Like, I think maybe she had marry Vince, but have kids. When the <laughs> hell is she going to have time for kids? Like either one uh, of them. But like, yeah. I think that you're seeing that's the other kind of backstories you see in this generation. that men just don't really think about like. You know, Bobby's got a brand new baby with one of his baby mamas that he's supposed to be babysitting at work. Mm -hmm. And the idea that he has, like, responsibilities, like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this crying kid? Or like, oh, you got a kid that needs to be taken to school. Hey, man, I've been out all night, you know, whoremongering. I I don't got I got the energy for this. Like, it's and you can just see that that's what that's that's a move Vince would would definitely do. And it would just suck the life out of Abby. Yeah, could be. But there's also a lot of talks of their former loves, and I'm I'm trying to think of like they're 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 painting with a pretty subtle emotional palette with with uh, Abby and Vince because I'm never sure you know because uh, because Vince has got these insecurities about you know keeping Abby, but also he's proud that he can she can like tell the subtle difference between him and his brother looks just like him when they're kids and. You know, there's like some interesting thing, and like Abby seems to be charmed by like his family stories. Um, but I don't know. They're like fundamentally at odds because Vince is riding a crest of an industry that Abby seems like she very much wants to either destroy or or or, or bring a, enough women to the table that guys like Vince will will no longer have like primacy. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to just run roughshod over the whole operation. And I do think it's this like uh, her following the passion of her ideals. Versus, like, this very romantic notion that she might have with Vince, right? Because, like, yeah. that, that 
that scene on the beach, I mean, it's all very romantic. Like, oh, the sand in our shorts, and we're running up to the house to steal wine from Dodging Coney two different aunts and uncles. <laughs> right. It's all this romanticized, like, look at the life we could we could give to children if we wanted them, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. And then, yet there's the other force pulling her, the other force in her head pulling her in the other direction. And I think, like you said, it's it's subtle, but it's so good. It's it's so rich because of that. Yeah, and it, the other thing is, like, he's describing this perfect lifestyle of essentially the women being deeply segregated from the men mm-hmm. and, you know, daydream. Like, like I, I think a person like Abby would be like, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm babysitting kids on the beach and drinking wine out of a paper cup and bitching about the men I should have married or should... You know, there's like these these things like, oh, if you can't marry an Italian, marry a Jew because they're hardworking and conscientious and they probably won't hit you. Like, mm-hmm. like that's like, what kind know, of conversation would that be to have with Abby? You know what else won't hit you, Abby? A cucumber. A cucumber won't hit you. <laughs> cucumber won't teach you how to bowl, bowl a perfect 50 on ski bowl. Uh, ski, oh, ski, shit, that's uh, true. Ski ball either. That's true. Uh, uh, so, you know, pick your poison. Vince, a hell of a coach. Like Abby was pretty hopeless. He gave, show, he showed her one, two bowls, and suddenly she's hitting fifties. Like no problem. Uh-huh. That's uh, you can clean Coney Island out with that. I gotta say, I've never heard of a condom referred to as. I, I, I imagine that's like a regional thing. Like if you are in on Venice Beach, it's a Venice Beach whitefish mm-hmm. or something. It's just uh, it's pretty gross. good. <laughs> it's pretty good. There were a couple of turns of phrase that I liked. The, the Coney Island whitefish was one of them uh, uh-huh. a tribe of slap outside was pretty right. good too not that's so funny is because uh it just illustrates you that social justice never really stays still never will stand still like abby uh-huh. you would all would nowadays be called absolutely a social justice warrior but she's also saying all kinds of culturally insensitive things because she's woke but she's not she's not 19 or t- t- 2018 woke uh that shit's not even on her radar uh Uh, so yeah anyway i mean i guess what are you gonna do you're hanging out with pimps and prostitutes and (laughs) adult film stars all day um i'm trying to think of what else we i want to talk about as far as vincent and abby's arc um yeah i mean it's it's a a bad time for vincent to be distracted as you pointed out because there's Mm -hmm. a whole lot of threats on the horizon yeah so this is one of the things i want to talk about the you know what happens at paul's uh is something that goes just flies under Vincent's radar, right? He mm-hmm. Paul tries to bring it to him, tries to talk to him about it, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, Vin- Vincent's off, you know, in La La Land. Well, same thing with Bobby. Like he he gets like he he's he's getting right. these two threats at the same time, and he's just like ah, I can't ah, you know. Yeah. So there there's this guy, uh, the horse they call him, who mm-hmm. seems to be moving into Rudy's territory, uh, and I couldn't. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to connect these dots, but you know, there's a. It seeming seems like a, there's a brothel opening down the street, which I thought was maybe the horse's brothel. Yeah, I mean they they mentioned it was Hodus, I think, uh, but I, I don't know if that is the horse. Also, okay. like I wasn't I sure either. if this guy's actually mob name is the horse or mm-hmm. he owns a club called the Horse. <laughs> I'm calling him the Horse because because like Paul later calls him Mister Mister Ionello, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like calling him the horse too, but like, I don't know, maybe is this, this Hoda, the Hodas or whatever, does that mean like horse in Italy? You're taking Italian now. What's, maybe. What's, what's the score on I've that? I've had exactly one class. They didn't teach me horse yet. Hodas. Hodas. That's yeah, probably I mean, class too. I, I, I wasn't sure, but yeah, I think you're supposed to understand that that's the guy. Maybe there's more than one family moving in. Right. Uh, it's, it seems Rudy's like shit. maybe they're moving in from all directions. Right. It's not yeah. just the the brothels. Denzel it's not Washington's just the clubs. Pull up next episode and want his piece of the pie. Absolutely. Yeah. So th- that's the thing. Like I'm super worried about this because I don't know that Paul's in a place to stand up to these people. Uh, you know, Rudy. Mm. Rudy. Man. Coming off of last week when Rudy was like, hey, we're in the best spot we've ever been. Just enjoy it. You know, yeah. we got, mm-hmm. life's great. That, to me, seems like a dangerous attitude to have when a turf war is starting. 
And it seems like that's always that's a David Simon thing, right? Probably because it mirrors real life. You get the guys yeah. on top who are ruthless competitors, uh, you know, and they finally scrabble to the top, and it's time to kick back and enjoy. And now someone younger, scrappier, less mm-hmm. scrupulous, and hungrier is down nipping at your heels. It happened to uh, the Barksdale organization uh, with Marlo taking over, and just, just as him and as a Stringer Bell... And Avon got to where they're going to cash out and go into condos. Like, this shit happened. It all caught up to them. And it seems like the same thing for uh, for Rudy and his gang. Um, yeah. Because that's the other thing. is like they showed Rudy's enforcer kind of just fucking around in a bar, having a good time while all this stuff is, like, slipping, too. Like, why isn't he out? Like, that's the other thing. They've got their heads so far up their asses, they don't even know who's stealing from them. Frankie yeah. stole ten grand from a last episode, and they think it's because a plexiglass was removed. You know, uh-huh. yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see if Frankie taking the plexiglass out is yeah. going to result in more money for the mob or just more money for Frankie. Right. It seems like it would give you more money to the girls. Mm-hmm. Most like it's like a direct like it's it's more about the tipping and what they can get out of it. Maybe. Yeah, but wh- what incentive would Frankie have to do that? You know, it's more of a headache for him right. because now he's got to deal with people getting their arms stuck when they go and grope the ladies. Like, right, because they got I, nasty it's my impression. Jesus. Yeah, I think they're getting a cut of the tips, certainly. Ah. It's like CC. you know, he's taking his cut. He's handing out what he feels is necessary to right. Lori. Right. Uh, and I don't know how much more you want to say about, like, Rudy and everybody, but... Uh, that whole mob situation, but I do want to talk about Lori and her situation with Cece. Uh, before we move completely away, because like you talk about Frankie, remind me about uh, that we didn't really talk about the last scene with Abby, which is her being uh, reunited with Ashley or Dorothy. I can't. Yeah, it was Ashley's her, her streetwalker name. Her real name is Dorothy. Okay, and sure. I thought that was kind of interesting too. Like this women's group, and like it seems like there's like an academic breed of of women that are saying. This is what we have to shut down these institutions. We have to crack down this. And Dorothy is like, well, if you kick out someone's support system without having a plan to support them, then you're just setting them up to fail. Like you need to provide like what if, if women had better options, they'd fucking take them. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you crack down on the options before you crack down on the assistance or, or, you know, providing more opportunities, then you are just. You know, it's 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 a it's a short sighted kind of it's a potentially cruel philosophy you're trying to set up there. I mean, you're trying to do good, but you're actually going to uh, increase the the amount of harm and misery in the world if you if if you attack the if you attack the pimp and prostitution and sex work before you actually provide other opportunities. Um, yeah, and and the the idea that you know you could kick out their support uh, or kick out their support system, I man. This is the pimping is not a support system, right? But it it's is a, like it's. I, I mean, when, when, when you're completely outside the law, protect like like the pimps are the Rudy, right? Mm-hmm. They're 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 taking a big cut of your business, so uh, you don't get hurt, or if you get hurt, you get hurt by your own side. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like it's all all our protection racket. Yeah, and and I'm with you know Ashley or Dorothy, whatever. Uh, when she says this is not this is human nature and this is not going to change right and right like if you go in and you crack down and you make all you know you make all the arrests and you get all the pimps and all the prostitutes off the street mm-hmm. uh what do you do with those people when when they're released right because uh, you're right they don't have anywhere else to turn and guess what they go right back to doing what right. they know how to do once they get out because this demand is still there yeah nothing has changed you've simply penalize them temporarily yeah and that's like you know like you know like what do you do with the guy what do you do with a person like uh uh like Lori? you know she came here as a teenager she has no other marketable skills uh mm-hmm. what do you do with larry he's illiterate mm-hmm. deeply ignorant uh probably ate lead paint growing up so he's got like impulse control issues like what i mean he all of them have criminal records at this point like what what the fuck you know they're going to bust t- like what, what are they going to do uh they're yeah, all deep they're addicted to drugs now more than ever uh-huh. uh it's it's a big problem you can't just like oh we'll, we'll just stop this and then you got to deal with the 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 people it's just like you know it's all well and good to 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 make coal workers obsolete but what are you going to do with them when they need jobs you know right uh and it's interesting to me because i think candy is probably the best poised to get out of this successfully right you know she's 
got an actual movie career burgeoning. She's being nominated for Best Director. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people are taking notice. She's, Mm -hmm. She's meeting with some of her idols. She's looking to get into other industries or at the very least make more impressive films. Uh, I, she doesn't seem to be prostituting herself at all anymore. Right. Which Although is that good. might change. I don't. C- could be. Yeah. Because uh, uh, she's trying to, she's going to have to raise money, private money somehow. Um, yeah. I, I do feel like she's going to go to people who are less than scrupulous to yeah, try and get that money. Because there is a lot like, and we've had two episodes this season. There's two people saying, I do not want to take the mafia money. Mm-hmm. Because once you do, it's a that's a decision that you can't ever take back. You can't ever be like, all right, I, I'm I'm all paid up and we're good, right? Like it's right. once you cross that line, it's 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 sticky and entangling. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I hope she doesn't do that. But then again, I don't really you know don't see her walking the deuce at this stage or this stage in her career either. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Candy a little bit more because she starts out the episode just essentially saying all the things she doesn't want to be anymore. Like, she doesn't want to do things that she considers offensive or distasteful. She wants to do something with more artistic integrity and, you know, maybe flip power dynamics and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, having the woman in charge, which she's going to discover has a plenty of healthy appetite in America. But <laughs> um, I thought it was – it's been five years since she's gotten off the street, and she still hasn't gotten her life into a position where she can have a more meaningful interaction with her son or even live with him. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do we say that she's kind of like a Vincent type where – her heart's in the right place. I think she wants to be a good mom for her son, but she wants to be this other thing more, which – I'm not even really prepared to falter. I'm just saying that, like, I, I, I think that, like, in five years of the the kind of money that's been flooding this industry, like, shouldn't she be able to get a second? Like, why does she need this Red Riding Hood project to make it to second bedroom status? Yeah, it's it's a good question. It's almost a case of having her cake and eating it, too, right? She's got this right. kid who she's got a loving, pretty loving relationship with. You know, at least the she loves the kid. The kid loves her. Uh but she also doesn't have a lot of the responsibility of taking care of him. Right. Which, yeah, it, it feels kind of gross, but at, at the same time, like, wh- what are you going to do? You know, do you yeah. want to bring your kid into a life of of this seedy industry that you're in, or do you want to get away from that enough to where it might not have the effect that it could have on him, you know? Yeah, that's a good point, because I guess I was thinking financial, but you might be right. It's more of just what it, it, it's it's more of um it's not a financial thing it's more of the environment like uh, i think it's both she yeah. she's trying to pivot to something respectable like mm-hmm. you know, like like making grindhouse films like uh <laughs> right. you know that's not that's hey my mom's not a porno director she makes splatterhouse shit that you'll see at xyz and yeah there might be some topless scenes but you know mm-hmm. uh that that you're not gonna have dudes masturbating next to you in those in those films so <laughs> right maybe it's that maybe he, he could show up on a set and it wouldn't be just a complete shit show or uh, a premiere right right <laughs> like, yeah you yeah, don't yeah. want people masturbating next to your child at one of your premieres right right um but i don't know I, I did like the scene between them because you know he's trying to negotiate this love triangle and you find out he's got multiple girlfriends at the time and uh you know she's able to give him a little like you know that's the other thing is like it doesn't seem like he has he's in not any the wiser about her past or what she's doing right now yeah um but he's also of an age where what do you think he's 13 14 yeah yeah 13 seems about right like i wonder how much longer she can be in this world and him not be able to figure it out like i don't know what she tells yeah. him he does she does but like you know it's it's easy to fool an eight year old about what your real career is. It's it's gets harder and harder when with with teenagers to fool them. And, and I wonder if there's you know they're they're keeping this character in and they've you know recast them so you can see that he, they've visibly aged. I wonder if there's going to be some kind of pressure there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that she's kind of looking for inspiration in you know classic stories in fairy tales, and she seems to find it in Little Red Riding Hood at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I, I don't know. It's I, I, I wonder, I guess I wish greater things for her. I wish she could get out of the porn industry altogether, but I guess while she's in it, uh, creating better porn or more respectable, at least in her own mind, porn 
is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Something that's so fun. Like when she goes to the this grindhouse operation and she sees that they got bigger sets and there's makeup yeah. artists and there's storyboards for Christ's sake. Like you know, they're actually the special effects that are being employed. Uh-huh. And to her, it's like this is a uh, Wonderland. You know, she's Alice through the wor- Looking Glass, but. When she talks to her hero Genevieve Fury, it's like, yeah, this is this is a bullshit job. This Do is you think- you're, you're going to bre- you're going to break through the one glass ceiling and then slam up against a more substantial one after you get past that. Do you think uh, there's going to be a big uh, shakeup in in uh, what's his name Her- Harvey in Harvey's operation due I, due to Candy because she's she's probably going to come in with a head of steam and start firing people right like right. Look, you don't. You want to think you're the co-director here? Fuck you. You're out. You're a right. cinematographer. Shut up. Right. And you're uh, not even a cinematographer. You're Harvey's probably <laughs> right. creepy college roommate that held the first eight millimeter ca- ca- uh, camera. You know when he's exactly. doing this shit. Yeah. So I, I see like a big shakeup coming, and I think there's going to be a slight battle between Candy and Harvey. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Larry wanting to perform? <laughs> <laughs> I think he sees the writing on the wall. Uh, so, so you think he's actually trying to... Because I was trying to figure... Is, you think it's a pivot? He's like trying to do a career I do. pivot? Yeah. Because I almost... The way that the conversation went, I almost wonder if he's more interested in exploring his like like so- softer, submissive side. Because it's hmm. just like this... The okay. context of this is this happens right after... You know, Kenny's directing Darlene to be kind of like the boss and put the man in his place. And like, I thought it was funny. The, the guy's like, well, well, you want me to be the woman? Like, uh-huh. uh, and it, 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 it built right to this scene where he's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a performer and I can control the situation. And she's like, but what if you weren't in control? I, I mean, that he doesn't. Seems... He, yeah, but he doesn't give a response to that. I think that could be the way that they're going with that character. But I think very much right now. Larry was not looking to, you know, take on some mm. kind of submissive submissive role in that that place. He was looking to get on screen and show you what it's like to actually fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- thinking wonder- he could do it better than the males. Uh, Darlene was watching the whole thing with kind of a wry expression on her face. I, I I almost get the impression that she might try some of this stuff that Candy was talking about later mm. on, spring it on Larry, and I hope that I hope that doesn't blow up in her face. Yeah, don't uh, get him when he's too high because. Yeah. Man, what did you think about when she finally met uh, Mrs. Fury, which I think her name is Anjaneska, uh, and she's given and she's given Candy this advice, mm-hmm. and it's like you know get rid of you don't let your camera crew, a guy give you shit get some get real crew uh, get a real actors with normal sized pricks and she's also <laughs> said and stop using whores with their dead eyes, yeah, like, that really hit. That really hit Eileen or Candy right between the eyes there. I mean, it like, should. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, she's like, well, do, 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 do you not? I mean, that's and it's that's also because like that that was the Mrs. Fury's background, too. They talked about that she had kind of came up through sex work and to the adult film thing. And now she's a director. Like, mm-hmm. that's a hell of an attitude to essentially slam the door shut and on, on the way you got out of the industry. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh I do feel like it should be whatever whatever works for you, you know, if you're... Because I think Candy has good sensibilities about these things, right? Yeah. If she... I, I think some of this stuff does hit home, like, oh, these are things that I have been overlooking or allowing, even though I know they're harming the final product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like, yes, it is kind of a slap in her own face because she is implying, you know, that these whores can't love anything or these whores can't enjoy what they're doing or whatever. And it's interesting too, with the parallels of Lori there, because you know, the, her potential agent says, you know, you really sell it. it it's a rare thing and you're right. able to do it. That means you're an actor, not just a, a piece of fuck meat or a prostitute or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually have something. So I think, yeah, candy is going to take some of that back with her, but I, I wonder how she's going to feel about it. Because like you said, it is the way that this director got where she is. It's the way that Candy has come up. It could be a path upward for a lot of other women. So shutting the door on that seems like, uh, I don't know, a, a thing that she might be reluctant to do. 
the other thing I want to talk about as, as regards Lori is this idea that Lori's moving up in the industry too. She's getting nominated for awards. She's getting noticed by agents. Uh, things are changing in that regard. Uh, that you know, women are actually getting representation in this industry mm-hmm. from from a professional standpoint by women. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. By women. That, that's not CC. That's not looking to you know pimp you on the side of your movie career. Uh, CC's losing control of Lori, right? Well, and I think that's they're doing a lot. They're using a lot of tools and bandwidth to tell you that story because mm-hmm. this you know this episode. She's kind of lippy with him. Like, when he's, like, trying to take credit for her award, she's like, yeah, I came off the bus with some skills. And he's like, oh, true. Like, you know, last episode, I feel like he'd been like, woman, what are you, are you contradicting me? He's, yeah. uh, but he's still playing this crazy, a uh, grant, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, just, we're just keep on rising, baby. Like, no, she's mm-hmm. rising and you're you're holding on to her coattails, CC. And she's hinting and, the whole way, like, I'm going to get free of you. You know, this free world idea. It's it's a very different it, world out there now. And it's 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 get, it's hard out there for a pimp. It's getting harder. And mm-hmm. I, I like, man, CC seems like he's really in denial about the whole thing. And I think yeah. it's also interesting that uh that that the the female agent's name is Kiki, like oh, that is can't it? that yeah that can't be an accident, right? No, no, it can't. Like I wonder if um, I don't know because like I still think that, that, that to me that's that's that set you up for something like there's going to be you think that getting with Kiki is going to make everything better, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't think that she's going to cut like Kiki's going to cut Lori if she gets, but like you know. Maybe she'll take more. Maybe she'll get her hooked <laughs> on get drugs, exploited. or maybe like I, I, I don't know because it seems like she just she's just too good to be true. She's uh-huh. like standing up for a client. She's in there in the room. She's the person saying, "Hey, this person's not comfortable with it. Back off." Uh, she's the person getting like Lori is getting a credit for guest star. Her a, her her her, or her talents getting uh, nominated for a starring role. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there like there's no question that her clients are going to fly out to Los the, the the Los Angeles or Las Vegas. I wasn't sure which uh, to to go to the Adult Film Awards, and CC's kind of like him and Han about. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Why the fuck would CC not? I feel like CC that kind of I I it's, I thought that CC would be more interested in going to the award show and strutting his stuff. Like, you know, his whole thing yeah. last season is like, why have it if you're not going to show it? Like, can he not, can he legit not afford, even though him and Lori have been rolling? I mean, he seemed very impressed by the plane aspect of it all. Yeah. But the, they were flying somewhere. Um, yeah. I, I just think CC is out of his depth in this professional atmosphere. Or, you know, what's becoming a more professional atmosphere. I think he is used to the streets. He is really good on the streets when it comes to these types of dealings these business terms he just he doesn't know he's out of his depth you know he's ignorant uh in regards to that so i think cc and i think the director says as much right like cc is or not the director the agent says that cc is you know a guy who just can't can't cut it in uh this new thing that's coming up yeah he's in over his head like a a professional like a movie producer would eat his lunch i mean he's still thinking about like scamming the directors to get a few extra hundred bucks out of them he's not thinking like long term where am i about to position myself you know yeah it kind of reminds me a lot of like stringer bell's um the the arc in the wire where like you know he was master of the streets but then when he started getting into the real estate development and you know the navigating the halls of power at city hall like he got all the time got rolled by these businessmen and tricked and fooled. And yeah. I feel like that's what's going to happen to CC if he starts getting higher profile into this world. Cause that's the other thing is like, you know, if candy starts shooting red riding hood, uh, Lori is probably going to get the starring role, right? Because I like, I mean, they're so. telling us yeah. that she's the best of that, of Harvey's stable of talent mm-hmm. and candy's wanting to take her best shot to do something um it's 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 it seems like it's that those are going to be the arcs run together and like if that leads to something bigger and better cc has no idea how to rep her in that world no idea at all no i think you're right that sounds like a plausible trajectory yeah and like it's do you does Lori know when her and cc are talking about she's like you know these girls they come in they've never hoard they're never going to it's just like 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 they went through the guidance counselors and came up with the plan does she real does 
I, 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 I couldn't tell if this is like if she understands like the precipice that she's standing on. Like she could just, she could just walk away from CC. And what the fuck is he going to do? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. It might be scary and dangerous. What the fuck he'd do? But uh, yeah, it could be. I, I'm just wondering that because um, you know, like, what's Kiki going to do if uh, CC goes to start cut? You know, like goes to cut her. Mm-hmm. Like she gonna. You know, I, the other thing is, uh, is Kiki uh, is played by this woman who played the warden from the early seasons of Orange and the New Black, uh, and she played like this really like kind of ball busting, uh, you know, stereotypically macho role. And, and I, I almost thought like, you know, if CC tries to roll tough on Kiki, he might get more than he's bargaining for. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I could see her like whipping out a bigger knife and just stabbing him or something, some crazy shit like that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. That might be might be a little too much for David Simon. Yeah. Um, what else? Do we want to talk about Paul now, or you yeah, still want to talk some Laurie? No, let's uh, talk about Paul. His, I, I I got a little bit of his last episode, but I'm really kind of cemented now that his boyfriend is not as committed to this idea of a almost like a mainstream uh, gay club. Like, it's not going to have grinding. It's not going to have disco mm-hmm. and drugs. It's going to be for, like, couples to sit and listen to classy entertainment and have smart conversations and, you know, be, like, swanky, for whatever, uh, for, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, and I, I, he doesn't want to take the mob money. This is extremely expensive, like $20,000 just to get things started. Like, I understood that that wasn't construction. That was just essentially putting a deposit in the first three months of the lease. So you're going to be $20,000 to start and another fifteen dollars to $20,000 to get you through the year. And then however much you're going to spend on actually doing it. And Paul's got a particular vision and he doesn't want to compromise on it, but he doesn't want to get the money. I wonder how much of a, uh, a wedge this is going to start driving between him and his uh, his, his boyfriend. Uh, could be. Could be that it'll, it'll start that. I think at the end of this episode they're still on the same page um yeah but yeah i i, I think a lot of bad things are going to start happening around yeah. the middle of this season well that's the other thing is like in in this storyline they introduced the idea like all like so far like the last episode is so much fun this episode is a lot of fun but we see this actor who is you know went to juilliard mm-hmm. and then the make ends meet did some you know uh some 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 porn flicks and now he's having trouble struggling he's struggling to be taken seriously in the industry he actually wants to be a part of and that's yeah. also something that i think they're making the the guinevere fury point is that all these people are pushing towards this horizon that they think is there and they're not going to understand that like oh no none of these skills are going to ever be able to transfer and that's still a stigma to this day mm-hmm. it is and shock the, the worst part is the skills could transfer the, the the being on camera the acting the just Absolutely. knowing the movie set could transfer but it's the stigma that comes with that that prevents you from ever seeing if those skills transfer and, and that's crazy like i can think of maybe three uh adult movie stars who have managed to penetrate even a little bit into the broader pop, pop culture yeah uh, sasha gray kind of like was one of the more recent ones with uh, she did what was that the the girlfriend experience um, but even then, that was like a one shot. It's not like it launched her f- movie career. And right. uh, every once in a while, I, um, you'll, you'll see somebody like Ron Jeremy will <laughs> will get the like D list celebrity. But like it's uh, it's like in 2018, it's still a massive s- stigma to like how you start your career. And and, and I mean, there's others like I know there's like some people in porn that are doing some interesting things on Twitch. I know there's some they're doing like podcasts and like doing sports. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's one wo- uh, woman is running like a fantasy football thing. Like there's stuff in the margins, but like, isn't it incredible for as long as we've had this industry going that there's not been a single person in adult films that's gotten like an Emmy nomination, not for their adult <laughs> right. work, but like transitioning later on. There's yeah. never been one that like has gotten an Academy Award or even really been in an Academy Award featured film. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I don't know. It's got, it could be the downward quality cycle we're talking about where it's like there's all these... P- pressures eating in on the profit so like it's everything keeps getting downscaled and downscaled but for as ubiquitous as it is as a form of entertainment it doesn't seem to be much of a career ladder right it's still so hard to break away from that it's a career escalator that just goes down you you you, you know <laughs> like eventually you'll at, 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 you'll age out like uh-huh. you know 
Uh, and if you and, and and one out of a thousand will get like into directing or producing or something, and that will be it. But everybody else, you got you got one to ten years, and 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 that's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you're radioactive for all other entertainment from in the future. Yeah. Uh, and then we talked about the whole. Do you think that the horse is starting this shit, or do you think? The I, mo- I, I wondered about that. Yeah. Did this incident outside of Paul's uh, was that instigated by the horse? Or was that just random and he he kind of seized upon an opportunity? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't need it. It did seem pretty coincidental that he comes in the next day with his tufts and being like, right. you know. I mean, this is the quintessential mob mentality, right? They break something right. and say, oh, it'd be, or, or they walk in and look at something nice you have and say it'd be a shame if, if that were to get stolen or broken or whatever. Right. Uh, something were to happen to it. And I feel like he might be the something that's happening to it. And, right. and, you know, creating his own scenario where he needs to come in and be the protector. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, we still haven't talked about Chris's plot line much. Uh, Chris solves the case. Uh, mm-hmm. Turns out it's not a tourist that needs protection from New York City. It was New York City need protection from a tourist. That they're, like, I guess, uh, you know, New York is getting known as, like, the second sin city. If you, if you want to indulge in a pastime that's not approved of in your sleepy suburb or wherever, you can take a trip to the big city, have the wife and kids check out the Met or, mm-hmm. you know, what Central Park, and then you go troll for hustlers. Um, I feel like this is just an extension of what we saw in Mad Men with, you know, all, all of these executives and businessmen living outside the city and then going... Mm into the city to do their fucking right like, right 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 that's right. what pete campbell was doing that's what don was doing he, they're all getting in trouble downtown right i thought that like uh when he runs into his uh, old partner flaca um and he's talking about being back with his wife like the like you got to choose the thing that sucks least is going to be a big theme point for this season mm, yeah. um because with this polit the, all this stuff getting pol- politicized from the mayor's task force, uh, he's going to, I think, have to make a lot of, like, best of bad decisions. It, that guy, I don't even know if he's equipped to make the best of the bad decisions. I think that guy just makes bad decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, fuck that guy. I Like, he's he's maybe one of the most despicable characters on the show, in my right. opinion. Right. Uh, he, he seems the most willing to drag everybody around him down with him. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to talk about this, you know, politicized uh, prostitution stuff that's happening here because uh-huh. there, there's I don't know this guy's name. It's the guy who's given Chris uh, shit, although he's not giving him shit. He's, yeah, he's in the there to do a task job. Force guy. I can't I haven't got his name either. Right. He, he's in there to do a job. And and he seems to have this idea that things are going to change. And that they're going to change potentially around construction jobs. Like, yeah, he, he says the two, crime. yeah, the two biggest crime preventers or whatever are sheetrock and something else. Cranes, uh, cranes. Yes. Uh, so there's going to be some kind of construction thing coming in that is that is targeting the, this underground that is meant to kind of uh, keep it at bay or clean it up or something. And I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I'm not sure either whether it's like it's just essentially saying money is the best crime fighter. And if we, you know, their money is staying away of big sections of New York because it's turned into this seedy kind of area. Like, uh-huh. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I know what the point he's trying to make, but I'm ignorant of late 70s New York history to know exactly. I know things got really, really bad. Like in the late yeah. set, like one of the reasons we have such a shit show war on drugs and, you know, three plus million people in jail is because crime got so rampant in the 70s that, you know, it became easy to run tough on crime. And just, you know, we got this absurd situation now that will probably take us another 30 years to crawl out of. But I don't know. I don't know how that ties into the money. I don't know how it ties into politics. I don't know how it ties into corruption. But I'm fine with that because I'm sure David Simon will teach us. Well, I guess it could be like the gentrification of those portions of New York, right? Because, like, like when Square... go- yeah, when Vincent was going around and talking, he's talking about Brooklyn. Like all those places are, uh-huh. which we know now. You know, Brooklyn is is not the Brooklyn. Uh, like it, it's not the Brooklyn thirty years ago for sure. Like Brooklyn's now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's still some rough areas, but it's it's been gentr- it's it's been it's well gentrified at this point. Yeah, and I mean, areas like Times Square become tourist meccas right and right. it's interesting how it ties in with the the tourism thing here where 
you know, New York needs to be protected from its tourists. Well, I don't know that that guy's here to do that. I think that guy's here to create the atmosphere for the tourism, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like kind of change New York to become a thing that doesn't attract those type of people. Right, right. So I don't know. I, I like I'm not steeped in New York history, obviously, either. Uh, but I do know that there are big changes on the horizon mm-hmm. for specific areas of New York. I think one of those is the area that we're we're dealing with in this show. Yeah, and it's it's this ex- accessibility too, because like if you have it's all of the things we so you had four movies are all identical except for one of them is rated G, one of them is rated PG, one of them is rated R, one of them is rated X. The PG movie always makes more money because you can take the <laughs> whole family there and everyone's got it's got something for everybody. G it's just for kiddies, R it's just for adults, X is just for guys in raincoats. So like, no matter how good one of those things are like just the, the rating itself. And I feel like that's kind of New York city. New York city is getting a reputation for being rated X. Mm-hmm. And if tourists are getting knifed up because they're trying to roll tough on, on, on a male, a male prostitute, uh, which by the way, there was an interesting scene, which I didn't really get where Chris, after he inter- interrogated the one guy who put him on to skeets, uh, he said, yeah, you know, I just do this as a side hustle. I've got a girlfriend. Um, I guess that's for Chris's benefit, not ours, because like I'm like I'm I'm very used to the whole concept of gay for pay, you know, mm-hmm. like you, uh, you get like like male performers don't get paid a lot in porn unless they do gay. So a lot mm-hmm. of them like to pad out, you know, it's like, fuck shit. Yeah, I'll suck dick or whatever for an extra thousand dollars a shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing, like a male prostitute, um, I'm given to understand uh, through my five years on the street that you mostly are doing it's mostly guys buying the services of other guys like <laughs> okay uh it's it's the you know like i don't think that there's it's possible to be a male escort and traffic only in f- a female clientele there's just not enough there's not enough female <laughs> clientele for it brad so, can do it but it was interesting like they just dropped it in there like you know like i guess that's like an uh, like you know an eyebrow like a like an aha moment for chris but i don't know it played it played weird for me Hmm. Uh, what else? We want to talk about Bobby. Bobby's a fucking mess, man. Okay. Bobby's got, he has knocked up one of his, uh, massage parlor workers. He has, uh, the poor put upon, uh, sister, uh, Vincent and Frank at home screaming about his responsibilities to the family. He's got another gangster putting up a massage parlor right between his two. Uh, what, 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 what's going Man, I don't know where Bobby fits into this story. Like yeah. other than running, like happening to run the the parlor, uh, I don't know why he's even here. He might just be honestly like some sort of comic relief because the wire yeah. had those like, you know, they had cheese, right? Cheese never did much of anything, but sure. provide a couple of laughs, right? He was uh, uh, he, 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 he's always had the, you know, you gotta have somebody in a show this like this. So maybe Bobby's just the the, the lovable loser that uh, is sleazy but not scary, mm-hmm. and you know schlubby but not disgusting. Like I I, I don't know. I, don't and I mean, know. you gotta have somebody to run to Vincent to tell him what's happening with the mob, right? Yeah, and, and the, yeah, the new clubs. So I I mean, yeah, you need a character who does that. I I just don't think Bobby's that important in the overall story. Right on. Uh, and then finally, uh, Big Mike being able to run the club yeah. for Vincent. Uh, interesting tactic to essentially say, you know that popular <laughs> custom of my boss where everyone gets free drinks? Fuck you! And he got a standing ovation for it. Like, yeah, give, give it up for the for the magnetism of Big Mike to get away with something like that. Man, I, I just I don't know that Vincent wants you to make this a regular thing, but it does seem like. Big Mike either probably unintentionally is being Mm -hmm. groomed here, right? Because I I don't know that Vincent wants to do this forever. And I also don't think that Vincent is willing to let his brother Frankie take over the operation after, you know, what's going on with the, the peep shows. Right. So who do you, who do you put in charge here? Right. Big Mike, let's test him. Let's see if he can do the job Mm -hmm. uh, while I'm off doing other things. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just wonder long term if if Big Mike's strategies would pay off for the bar. Because short know. term, I'm sure they raked in a bunch of cash, right, from the right. extra round. Instead of giving everyone a drink at four o'clock in the morning, you right. you, in, you invest them in, in, in a round. Do do bars is never close in New York? They must not. Yeah, 
because 4 a.m. and they're just doing a rally like uh-huh. that's or maybe they close at noon they close from noon to three just to the squeegee to spooge off the floors <laughs> and the 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 cocaine the the cocaine powder and then they reopen yeah. and get ready to go again um but yeah that's that's pretty much the episode uh it is. It will be interesting to see how they continue to develop these themes because it's like I said. It's like you see all these different like minority and female empowerment, but we also know there's a lot of big booms that are going to come and put the kibosh on this. So, mm-hmm. have you asked yourself before we get the feedback? Boy, I really like Jim and Aaron on Bald Move. I just don't get enough of Jim and Aaron. Well, you might be well qualified to be a club member if you go to club.baldmove.com. Uh, you can get. A lot of bonus uh, content as, as well as a lot of opportunities to interact with us. Each week we do Lunch with Jim and Aaron where people post uh, questions and comments and things they want our opinion on on the, on the forums, on, on, on Twitter, and we answer it live. We have that. It's like one of our most popular club features. We got extended coverage of first-run movies. We've got video versions of most of our podcasts. We have ad-free feeds. We have VIP sections and forums where just club members can hang out. Tons and tons of bonus features. And, hey, it keeps us podcasting about little niche shows like The Deuce. Um, so if you enjoy our coverage of this and other things we do year-round, please join the club. Also, uh, we got some big special plans coming up for the holiday season. As you know, we usually do extravag- like some big club extravaganza every Christmas, and we've got, we got a doozy plan. So get your club subscriptions in early. I don't know why. I don't know why you wouldn't wait until December. Uh, to do that, but we like, got a lot of content. To, I'm, I'm building false urgency, a fear of missing out. Yeah, if, if you, you wait till December, you're not going to have time to watch it all. To you to won't do it all. You won't. No. It's just like setting your Christmas shopping to the last minute. It's going to be yep. nothing but lumps of coal. Yep. So don't don't let that be you. Stuff your stocking with the club. Club.baldmove.com. Shall we get the feedback? Yeah. Uh, feedback is sent to TV at baldmove.com. Um, let's see. Uh, Oh, yeah, there's one that's not about the deuce in particular, but someone, uh, Aaron M., wrote in and said, I'm assuming by now you've heard of Matthew Weiner's new Amazon show, The Romanoffs, premiering October 12th, which features many a Mad Men alum. As a diehard Mad Men, Mad Men Happy Hour fan, is there any chance that you'd be doing some coverage of said TV show? We talked about this. Uh, I think we're going to, right? Yeah, I think so. The first week they're dropping two episodes, and then there'll be one episode a week for the next six weeks. Uh, and the ske- it's hitting us right in the schedule where we're going to be done with Better Call Saul or at least wrapping it up. I think I think we are in position, and I'm very curious to see. Like, just like Mad Men, when I heard the log line, I'm not interested. Like, a bunch of people yeah. that may be descendants of the Romanov uh, empire out of Russia. Like, who gives a fuck? But John right. Slattery's one of them. Okay, all right. I'm uh, And Matthew Weiner's writing it. Shit, why not? Why and not? it's an anthology, so it's kind of you know not going to be super connected other than the grand theme yeah Uh, i don't know what this is going to be like but i'll give it a shot yeah i mean you got to you got to see the fall you know what what the the wiener's been doing for these last few years Mm -hmm. uh all right let's move on to do stuff uh warp fox it's interesting seeing the difference in how pimps are continuing to struggle with how to remain relevant larry wants to get in on the flicks cc just doubles down on his tight leash bullshit Rodney's $100 day habit keeps him too blitzed to notice that the game is changing. I did notice parallels between the pimps and the mobsters vying for someone to cut them into the deal anywhere they can to provide their quote-unquote services. All that being said, I'm still trying to figure out the main through line will be story-wise for the season. We're two episodes in. We've gotten a lot of character advancement, but not a lot of narrative. Yeah, um, I wonder if it's... I wonder what what uh, Simon and Pecalanos are trying to do here. Are they trying to, like put us in the mindsets of every like like the this like whatever the threat that's going to be is going to sneak up on the principal protagonists just hmm. like it is us yeah could be because like i do feel like there's danger signs everywhere but yeah you know there's not a lot of people answering them uh let's see dan from philly i gotta be honest i didn't like the five-year jump at first but i can't understand why this show is about a time area in time not so much about specific characters much like the wire was a look at all sides of baltimore this should be doing one for 42nd street as well so it's the se- uh the mid to late 70s and porn is on the rise and pimpin's down but with every tech achievement being brought to us by porn first it won't be long until the video cassette recorder changes all of this 
won't take long for the pimps to figure out the crack is a great motivator, and that's just what they did. I love this show, and you got to love a time where if you wanted to find someone, you actually had to get off your ass and find them. Yeah, huh. none of this calling around or paging or cell phone or, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's, it is crazy. Uh, like, how... It's funny because like there's a lot of things you can do with modern technology in the filmmaking settings, but there's a lot of possibilities that you can't do. Like just like yeah. spending a day fucking around find, trying to find somebody wouldn't make sense in, in, in nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is interesting that like uh, the pimps are going to use the drugs to control their women, which implies that they themselves will have to stay off of it. Is this where Tony Montana comes in and teaches everyone that you don't <laughs> get high in your own supply? Right. Because... And he buries his face in a mountain of coke right exactly yeah yeah well you know you don't have to practice something to preach it sure uh, it's sure. still good advice as as uh we're seeing um with uh some of these guys like uh rodney you know mm-hmm. got a hundred dollar day habit and who knows it not a goddamn person as he's falling out of his fucking chair um yeah no it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this show breaks bad and also like I, how many seasons that they want to kind of do like how many how, what are they wanting to say which I'm sure is some some theme about you know uh, government and systemic corruption is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And how many seasons are they going to take to say it? Because I guess you could argue that season one is largely about sex work. They mm-hmm. didn't really even get the the porno. It, that was like you know the the tease for the next year. And then this year is all about the porn world. Yeah. Um, then like I guess you could do the decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the heyday and the decline. I don't know. It'll be. I, I'm. I'm not sure exactly what what kind of arc they have in, in mind for that. So, uh, that's it for the feedback we got. Again, if you'd like to send us more, you can do so at TV at baldmove.com or get on the forums forums.baldmove.com. Uh, we are going to have a couple of uh, bonus editions of um, TV, uh, the Bald Move TV podcast coming up in the the, the week, like the in the in the near term, like the next week or so. Uh, Cecily and I are watching BoJack Horseman and we want to do one, maybe two, uh, Bald Move TV podcasts on that. I know you and Cecily were talking about perhaps, uh, getting together and doing the Ozarks. Okay. Yeah. Or Ozark. Uh-huh. Ozark. Yeah, um, um, two so episodes might... from the, from the end of season two. So, right. We're, there might be some bonus content there. Um, so just be, stay tuned to like, you know, if you're not subscribed already, subscribe to the feed so you don't miss an episode. Uh, We'll be back next week for sure with some more Deuce. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.